I'd interject one thing is that this only works well if both parties are doing this. So kind of like we talked about in previous episodes, marriage is a lot of give and take every single day. Hey y'all, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real authentic and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. I'm Michael. What the heck, man? (laughs) You done my intro. Changing it up. I guess I'm Elizabeth Ann. You are. Today we're going to be talking about exploring each other's interests and why it's important. Yes, we are. Right you are, Ken. Yes, today we are going to be talking about exploring each other's interests and why it's important. And I'm really excited about this one because it got me thinking about our differences and similarities, of course, but no one couple, obviously including ourselves, has the same exact interests across the board. There's going to be some differences. And today we're going to address why we have chosen to get involved in those interests and how it has strengthened our marriage. And we think it's something important to, you know, really make a priority. Yeah. And I would say when I was not married yet, kind of looking forward to marriage, if you were to ask me, I would have wanted a wife who's very similar to me, but now having been married for a while to Elizabeth, who's very different in a lot of big ways, it's been cool kind of being with somebody like you, like her, (laughs) whoever I'm talking to, but just kind of having to having to explore some new things kind of out of my comfort zone has been kind of a nice thing instead of just kind of doing the same thing I've always done because I've always done it. Yes. So uh, it's going to be fun to explore that. So before we get started, I want to get this off the bat. There have been a lot of times where we've both tried something for the benefit of the other and some go well, (laughs) some not so much. So I wanted to start the episode off with a little game or a little Q&A, and I want to name one thing that you tried for my benefit and you hated, and then another thing that you tried for my benefit that you actually enjoyed and or still enjoy. Okay. Uh, The one that I hated was Mac and cheese, tuna and peas. Wait, say that again because you're laughing through it. I don't think people, they're like, wait, did she say what I think she said? Yes. I said mac and cheese, tuna and peas. Yeah, baby. Those three together in one dish. Not like, hey, have some mac and cheese and then have some tuna on the side and then some peas on the side. No, let's throw them all together in one pan. (laughs) I... Okay, it sounds crazy when you say it like that. Because it is. It sounds crazy whenever you name the ingredients together. But, but how else re- would I say it? <laughs> it's really good. Insane person's dish? Here's the thing. <laughs> My mom made it for me when I was a kid. And when you're a kid, your taste profiles are different. And I just fell in love with this meal when I was probably seven years old. But it just has a special place in my heart. I'm shocked that she got you to eat all those things together in one dish. I don't know how because it came mac about. and cheese is a given. Tuna is not, and peas is enough. My hat's off to her for getting you to eat that dish with all those things together. That's some I, I, work I, well done. I like all those things, and when you add them together, it's just mwah, <sighs> bellissimo. I wouldn't use that word. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So that's one thing that I did not like. And one thing that I actually liked was Michael is a big fan of the um, musical group Guster. And that is not my typical choice in music, but he played it for me and they came to do a show in Athens and tickets, my goodness, they had to be like 10 or 15 bucks. I mean, something super cheap, which is the only reason why we were able to go. (laughs) If you're going to come to Athens, you might want to make your tickets cheap because everybody there is pretty broke. Well, yeah, college town. (laughs) And, um, and so that was actually our first concert together. And I know that there's some like kind of exciting things about it being our first concert, but truly Guster, they're just very, very good musicians and, um, very much loved the concert and loved the music. And I, I thought it was a really fun time. So I still enjoy them. I can't listen to it around the kids, but it's good stuff. Yeah. They occasionally drop a, a F bomb here and there, like completely out of left field. But, um, oh yeah, it was cool. Cause they're all such musicians that they would kind of by the time they had finished a few songs, they were kind of switching instruments yes. like a carousel. Yes. So at the end of the show, the way they ended it was they removed one musician at a time. And whoever was on the drums was the next one to leave leave the stage. So they had their regular setup and the, the actual drummer was the first person to leave the stage. And then they would all rotate instruments until the last person on stage was at the drums finishing out the song and then they walked off. And I just thought that was super creative. I love the fact that they could all play at least the drums. Uh, No, they actually rotated rotated all of of them. So yeah, they could all play everything. Um, And I I just thought that that was just a really great way to end a show and a a really good testament to how talented they are. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I did. I still listen to them a fair bit. All right. So what about you? My turn. So... Something that I experienced that just was not my cup of tea. I won't say I hated it because that's pretty that's pretty harsh. But um, modern dance, I don't get it. <laughs> I can appreciate the athleticism and flexibility and just general ability to memorize choreography that's over 30 minutes is just an insane feat of maximum genius. But... Sometimes I'm scratching my head like, what am I watching? Yes. I think when the (laughs) concepts get like really out of left field, like there was one where they had like swimming caps on. and They they got abducted by aliens. There was like a ladder and like a lot of silver stuff that I think was supposed to be a flying saucer. Yeah. And the music was, I'm not sure what time signature it was, (laughs) if it was even having a time signature, but... Yeah, I was like, I think that's my last one of those. <laughs> you asked me, please don't bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> Did I actually yeah. say that? You're like, I love you, but please don't bring me back to one of yeah. these. So I respected I, I, the fact that he tried it and was honest with me in a respectful way. I think, I don't remember when we saw that, but I doubt it was in our first year together because I don't think, of, well, I don't know. I might have gone to that anyway, but. That would have been, it was out of left field. No, it was you, just really, you really it was wanted really to, weird. you really wanted to keep the relationship going. So you did a lot of things on my, my behalf. That's true. I am pretty selfless. All right, moving on. <laughs> um, all right. Something that I had no affiliation with or desire for that I ended up actually liking a fair bit would be Hallmark movies. Yeah. And I brought this example in because 
it's something that's come up a lot around Christmas season with different people that we talk to. Um, people are really polarized on Hallmark stuff. Yes, they are. Some really love it. Some really despise it. For me, I thought they were really dumb. And then a handful of years ago, there was just a couple, you know, they're on at our house. It's it's on the TV. Elizabeth's watching it. So I can either avoid the room or sit there and at least maybe watch a little bit. But I ended up liking one. I liked another. And of course, they're super cheesy. The actors are not the strongest, but they're honest. They're good. They're positive. And the actors are pretty good, I guess, you know. They're not winning like Oscars, but which is all the rigged job, anyway. They get but... the job done. Um, and by the way, everybody's beautiful in all those movies, so that's how you know it's not real. <laughs> but um, I knew that I was really done for when I came to Elizabeth. I was like, "Babe, you know, Love on Safari starts in like five minutes. It's the <laughs> world premiere." And she was like, "Oh my goodness, I forgot about it." I was like, "Who am I?" <laughs> You're the man I love. Yeah. Uh, My work here is done. Yeah. So you heard it here first. I like Hallmark movies. <laughs> like actually look forward to them now. So if they make you feel joy, what is the harm? It's a Hallmark movie. Unclench people. Yeah. They're good. They are. And they all have Christmas in the title somehow. <laughs> Elizabeth and I got together 12 years ago, we were both in college and pursuing our different degrees. So our degrees actually kind of illustrate our differences pretty starkly. Yes. So my degree is in the sciences. I got my BS in, it's a BSED, but anyways, it's um, exercise and sports science. And Elizabeth got a dance major. Dance education major. Yeah, dance education major. And... So there you have it. That's kind of, we're going on totally different pathways. Um, we met in church. Um, so that was a big similarity we had. We were both raised in church and we're both um, believers. But having such big differences in the things we enjoy, hobbies, what we read, what we like to learn about, um, at first seems pretty incompatible. It's like, what are we going to talk about? In fact, when I found out that you were huge into dance, I was basically not going to continue on because I was like, well, I can't dance. So she's not going to be interested long term in me because I don't have much to offer in her favorite thing. And then I had a really wise friend who said, just be interested in, in dancing and be open to learning it and it'll work. He was totally right. Thanks, Richard. <laughs> Um, but yeah, these things that might seem like a giant chasm at first are actually a humongous opportunity for you, you know, first in a relationship and then even still years and years into marriage, you can explore what is your spouse's love and interest hobby wise or subject wise and really connect on a deeper level with her, her in my case, uh, and and you can really get to some really cool, deep intimacy with your spouse through those types of things. Because for one, you have to really say no to yourself because yes. like, I have no interest in old musicals from the 50s. That just doesn't appeal to me at all. 
But Elizabeth loves them. She grew up with them. I'll at least check them out. At the very least, just sit with you while you appreciate them. And I can just basically experience it. And we had an experience together and it was super fun. So um, don't shut that off just because it seems like something that's not your speed or whatever. Throughout the years, I have tried things per Michael's request and vice versa. And when Michael asks me to try something new, this is really, and you kind of touched on it, a simple way that I can love him because it is like Michael said, I'm saying no to myself and saying yes to his needs. And really that like that simple decision is kind of like loving someone at its basic level. And of course, you know, life gets complicated. So there's some gray areas here and there, but really the basic level of loving your spouse is choosing to put their needs in front of your own. So we choose every day to make those small daily decisions to put each other first. And particularly for this, um, when Michael really wants me to try something new, there's been some things where I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to do that, but I will do it because it's important to you and I'll try it. And there's been most of the time where I have really enjoyed whatever it is that he's asked me to try. There are very few examples where he's asked me to do something and I did not like it. <laughs> um, and, you know, we kind of shared that a little bit earlier uh, one of the things that we liked and didn't like, um, but that's okay because then it, it, what it communicates to the other person is, okay, here's their boundary of something that they don't like. So I'm going to remember that for the future. I know that Michael does not like modern dance, so I am not going to purchase two tickets to a postmodern dance performance and expect him to go. And he honestly, he might go. If I really, really beg him to, but he's not going to enjoy it. So it, it doesn't serve our relationship well to put him in that position, um, that he feels like he has to say yes. Um, that's just one of those things where maybe I asked my mom to go, or, um, I have a friend who's a dancer who lives uh, near me and I would maybe ask her to go, but you know, those by exploring those differences and knowing where the boundaries are is a part of learning each other. And, the, the likes and dislikes are always going to change. Um, for the most part, you might have some core likes that stay the same, but there's going to be some things that you just don't like anymore. And that's just a part of being human. So it's, it's never like, okay, the first five years we've tried all the things that we think the other person, you know, can ask us to try and then we're good. We're set. No, <laughs> those things change a lot. And, um, and so you get to learn new things. Um, I'm very thankful for all the things that he has tried. And, and like Michael said, he may not be interested in the uh, musicals or chick flicks, which he has really grown to like, which I'm incredibly thankful for. Um, but he he chooses to do those things because he loves me. And, you know, one night he really may not be in the mood for watching Singing in the Rain. But if it's important to me, he's going to say yes. And that is a simple way to show that he loves me. And 
The, you make me sound so good on this podcast. This is awesome. <laughs> you are great. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not hyping you up or anything. You're that good. <laughs> All right. Um, now we have a recording of this. <laughs> I'm gonna like save this on my phone. Um, the key thing is, no matter how different your interests may be, you should always try to go outside of your comfort zone regularly and do something that's important to the other person. Um, now, if you genuinely feel unsafe or it's something that um, may bother you or like, like, for example, Michael would never ask me to watch certain kinds of movies because he knows that they are going to haunt my dreams and I will not be able to sleep for weeks and months. So they, he knows that there is a limit. Um, but if you, you know, feel safe and and you feel like you can try those things then I want to encourage you to try them. Um, we have really learned some pretty fun things about each other. And we've also made some really fun memories. Um, some that were like, oops, you know, I can't believe we did that memories. And some that were like, that was amazing. I'm so glad we did that memories. And you're just, you're not going to be able to have those and talk about those with other people or each other if you don't step outside of your comfort zone. And so that's a little bit speaking to why it's important. Well, and I'd say I'd interject one thing is that this only works well if both parties are doing this. So kind of like we talked about in previous episodes, marriage is a lot of give and take every single day. Mm. So if you've got, you know, one, the wife or the husband who likes to try the other things for the other person, but the favor is not returned, that gets a little old. Um, and eventually that's going to fall apart. Um, so you just really, really want to make sure that you're just staying open to all these experiences. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to also address that's, um, that goes off of that is I think it's very telling. And I've seen this in myself. If I am not willing to try something that you've asked me to do, like if I make excuses as to why I don't want to do whatever it is that you want me to do, that's very telling to my heart attitude towards you. And so if I'm like, oh, I don't want to try that, that sounds really dumb or whatever, that speaks very loudly to me that my heart is hardening towards you, towards our marriage. Um, because something as basic as, Hey, I think we should start watching tennis. Like I've never been into tennis, but okay. But if I'm going to sit there and say, I'm not going to watch tennis. I think that's stupid and dumb and and just be super negative about it. You've asked me to do a very simple thing, sit on the couch and watch some tennis. But if I'm going to fight that, it speaks volumes about how I see our marriage, how I see a simple act in loving you. That's very, very, very telling about where my heart is towards you. So if my heart is showing that I don't want to do those things, I need to take like 20 steps backwards and really look at, well, how did I get there? Because I didn't always used to be there. So let's, let's evaluate. Let's talk that through because you may have seen some things in me that have just kind of snowballed and grown. And now I'm at this place where I don't want to do anything that you've asked me to do. 
and that can really find its way into some other areas that's that will get like more and more serious and get us further and further apart. And it seems really, really silly, like, oh, that's such a simple thing. Why would you even pay attention to that? But that is how distance between a husband and a wife starts. Like it doesn't start with a big, huge thing. You know, it's when you get that distance and you don't know who your spouse is after 20 years, that didn't just happen. It wasn't, you just woke up and were like, I don't know who you are anymore. That's been happening for years. Those are little simple decisions that have happened for years. So it's kind of seeing the, so what I mean by this is like, it's a small warning sign of if I'm not willing to do something as small, truly as small as watching tennis, why do I feel that way? Why do I not want to do that for you? And I think that's an important thing that we need to talk about because it's just such a, it really is a simple, easy way to love you and for me to put my needs aside and to do something for you. And that is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of what marriage is, is putting your own needs to the side and doing something for your spouse. Um, That's serving your spouse. It's loving your spouse. And So I just wanted to talk about that because, and kind of get your mind thinking about that because there's been times where I've just been like, I am not doing that because I know I'm not going to enjoy it. And I've had to be like, whoa, I kind of like went to the deep end on like saying, shut it down. (laughs) Not going to do it. (laughs) Michael just dropped his head. (laughs) Um, She's been working the shut it down into conversations (laughs) more lately. I'm not sure why. But I hope what I'm saying makes sense um, because I think that the things that we say and the things that we do and how we feel about the other person, kind of our immediate response to them asking us to do something is very telling as to where your heart is in regards to your spouse. And it's something that I've been walking through recently and to kind of get into exactly why it is important to take um, interest in the differences that you have with your spouse is because it brings you closer together. You learn more about each other. We choose to do, we choose to love each other through our differences. You know, Michael and I said vows, and that means loving the similarities and the differences. There's no like addendum. I love you. All the similarities and none of the differences. (laughs) Like, (laughs) You know, it's, it's the whole package. And also, um, we recently did a marriage conference and one of the things that they talked about was, um, loving your spouse through their differences. And it's like, God specifically made Michael the way he did. And he specifically made me the way he did. So for me to reject those differences is rejecting Christ. Not cool. (laughs) If, if this mic wasn't on a boom arm, I would say (laughs) mic drop. It's, it really is not cool. And so I want to love everything about Michael and the way that God made him. And it's so important and it's vital. And it, it really is, I think, a, a pillar of, of your marriage, loving each other through those differences and embracing them. Yeah. And, and, Something like the tennis example is if your husband or wife is really into tennis and you just find it to be the most boring thing ever, 
you don't have to sit down and watch every major with them the entire length of the you know week and a half tournament but just at least you know let them know by your presence on the couch like you know this might not be my thing but i know it's your thing and i want to spend time with you so we'll i'll check in on how serena doing or whatever but it's just a it's a pretty small sacrifice when you really think about it it's like yes. you know especially with the hobbies or movie choices or whatever that your spouse has those aren't necessarily what makes us up but your interests are a huge part of who you are so like you said just generally just kind of put yourself out there and it you'll notice a difference too with connection and just closeness mm. with your spouse for sure i agree so our challenge to you is in the next 7 days do something that is important to your spouse ask them what is it that you would like for me to try that, you know, you've never been able to get me to do or um, you've taken an interest in flying a kite, Let's windsurfing, <laughs> watching tennis, playing golf, you know, whatever it is, just try it. Yeah. If anything, you'll have a funny story about how you couldn't hit any of the golf balls. Yeah. And, and another thing is like, we have a we have a um a couple a friend couple who the husband loves golf the wife tried it but now she just likes to be the cart girl it's like that's awesome i'm sure he appreciates that a lot sign me up for that yeah and she enjoys being out there with him so it's great great that is compromise. a great compromise yeah great minds think alike yeah. so marriage is about compromise yeah. And I'd say in the challenge, the more uncomfortable you are, <laughs> the better this is going to be for you. The better the story. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> Hopefully your spouse isn't into like harpoon hunting or like shark encounters or yeah. something. Well, that goes back to the, if you feel unsafe, respectfully, you know, communicate that to your spouse and just ask them to really hear you and respect your boundaries. Um, but if you just go in like guns a blaze and like, I ain't going to do that, blah, 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 blah. They're not going to hear you. Just be like, I would love to try that for you. However, that really, really makes me uneasy. And I just don't think that I could do that. You know, there you go. Yeah. And that's our episode for today. Hope you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> we had really, we really did have a lot of fun talking about this. Um, and we thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We will leave uh, links in the show notes. Please subscribe to the podcast. That is a great way to never miss an episode. And we would also love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because we will read the positive reviews and you'll hear those on future episodes. And if you're loving the podcast, share it with your friends. We would be so, so appreciative to that. We hit um, some big goals recently. And we are pushing forward to some new big goals. And we're just so excited to bring you some fun new content in the year 2020. So, yeah, you're amazing. Thank you for listening. <laughs> she's, she's back. She goes, you said good girl. She goes, girl, I'm a girl. <laughs> I guess I should get that out of the way.
First of all, why do you always sneeze after you cough? And second of all, solid intro. We should leave it just as is. No, it's, it's fluff. We don't like why it. Why do you sneeze after you cough? It's all the same system. It's respiratory. Every time. Never fails. I've never noticed. <laughs> but it's me. I don't know. I've never had anybody tell me that. <laughs> yep. Huh. You're quite enthusiastic about your coughing. What's your average sneeze count? Two, sometimes three. Two? You rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I didn't realize this was a competition. <laughs>